0: IT'S NO USE ARRESTING ME! I'M NOT TALKING TO ANY GODDAMN COPS! Talk? And just what are you gonna talk about? You don't even know your own name, you stupid dickhead! Huh?
1: Episode 57 of the Cult of Matt and Mark, Colt Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And uh, make sure to visit our website at coltfilmreview.blogspot.com or shoot us an email at coltfilmreview at gmail.com. Still no phone number yet, but uh, we'll get there. Maybe by spring. Maybe by the thaw we'll get there. So, yeah, who knows? Oh, uh, it's
0: uh, I tried to set one up, but this blizzard in the northeast is... At, oh, totally. And up. we're like
1: 3,000 miles away in the northwest. That's how bad it was. You know,
0: I, mean, I got a little, totally. I, it was so bad. I got a little snow here. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, the news coverage, it was snowing out of my television set 24 seven, you know. Al Roker. Oh, I
0: didn't. I didn't actually turn on Al Roker. He was he was so scared. He shit his pants. Oh, I thought he'd
1: be like masturbating to this, you know, to the snow because that's like his big moment. I mean, it's like orgasmic. You know, if you're a oh. guy and, you know, there's there's like a major snow event, whatever. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting clip you chose for uh, this week's movie, <laughs> Ghost in the Shell.
0: I, I know. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't too crazy about the English dub. I never noticed it before, but I watched the um, Japanese subtitled version this week carefully, and then I just took a meander around the English dub. And the English dub is not good. It's not. It's, no. a, it, it's a bad, it's, it's not that, it's a really, the voice acting, especially for, uh, for the major, I thought she was super flat. The voice, yeah, I like the guy who does Batu, and some of the uh, other characters. But uh, it was just distracting how poorly uh, the voiceover was done, and also the the translation varied quite a bit. Did it? Uh, The subtitle was, you know, I am just assuming the subtitle was more along the lines of the original Japanese, since I don't speak Japanese.
1: Well, that was my major concern: was am I just watching closed caption? Of the English dub, uh, it didn't seem like it though. I didn't. I don't remember anybody calling anybody a dickhead in uh, the. Uh, oh, did you?
0: Did you watch the? Um, did you watch the subtitled Japanese version? I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad that way we both saw. I don't think I had seen that one before. I think I just saw the English one. But I went through the English one to try to find a clip, and they really. It seems like they dumbed down some of the dialogue. I just don't and remember did,
1: dickhead. I just don't remember that line. No, they I didn't
0: use those that. words. They changed a lot of the wording, uh talking okay. about you know, some of the details and there's a little more artful. At least the subtitle was a little more lit- Literary. Yeah, sort of more literary. Like uh they used the one point uh uh when uh, Batu and the Major are hanging out on after doing some diving and having some brewski's in yeah. the early uh evening. On the bay by uh, was it Newport City or something? Yeah,
1: Newport City, which is a sort of a stand-in for Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, I
0: know. I, yeah, I, I didn't notice before. I mean, you would guess because of all the names as Japan, but um, all the signage there was. I didn't. I didn't see any Kana on any of the signs. No. Well, I it watched seems, a little. It seems bit. like they were all like traditional Chinese. I watched, only.
1: I watched a little bit of the the extras on the DVD, which was somewhat limited. And uh, there was an interview with uh, Mamoro Oishi. Is that right? Ushi-i? I, I, I'm terrible with Japanese names. Anyway. Oishi?
0: Yeah, just to sort of hold the, the E sound. Uh,
1: he had mentioned that he was uh, inspired or that this took place in Hong Kong, but a future version. Obviously, there's a sort of balkanization of... Uh, city-states, you know, there's Sector 9 and Sector 6, and then there's that.
0: Oh, no, Sector 9 and 6, those are are divisions of the government. No, 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 those are divisions of the government. Oh,
1: they are. Oh, I thought they were regions. Okay, Sector
0: 9 is like the special special operations, sort of uh, tactical operations division of the government, where they go to do killings, like we see in the opening sequence where the major... Does an assassination. And Sector 6, which they have a lot of runs, is the diplomatic core of the government. Oh, okay. Which is the people that are behind all the machinations that are giving everybody a headache.
1: Uh, Well, there's a mention of some fictitious city or uh, nation state, you know, because there's a-
0: Well, this is supposed and, to be uh, after, after, I think, a couple of wars. So you could imagine that uh, Japan's wet dream was fulfilled and they permanently held on to some uh, Asian mainland territories yeah. like Hong Kong-y sort of area. There you go. All
1: right, let me uh, get into the plot rundown here. It's going to be a little bit long, so uh, bear with. Uh, I know uh, you get a little antsy with these long uh, plot rundowns. but
0: uh, Check this out. Here, here, I'm pushing my mic away. Go for
1: it. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Uh, in the year 2029, the world has become interconnected interconnected by a vast electronic network that permeates every aspect of life, which uh, I believe more or less is uh, the Internet now, but uh, the 1995 version, I guess. Uh, That same network also becomes a battlefield for Tokyo's Section 9 security force, which has been charged with apprehending the master hacker known only as the Puppet Master, spearheading the investigation is Major Motoko Kusanagi who, like many in her department, is a cyborg officer, far more powerful than her human appearance would suggest. And yet, as the Puppet Master, who is even capable of hacking human minds, leaves a trail of victims robbed of their memories. Uh, When Section 6 gets involved in the case, she is forced to confront the fact that there is more than meets the eye and that the Puppet Master may hold some of the answers she seeks. But little does she know that he has been seeking her as well. All right. That's a plot rundown. Um, uh, So, you know, 1995, uh, that was, uh, I guess, the heady days of the Internet. And uh, cyberpunk as well, uh, the subgenre of science fiction, probably most notably uh, pioneered by the writer William Gibson and Neuromancer and all that kind of stuff. So we're getting a lot of uh, inspiration um in pop culture and apparently uh, manga and anime as well from that uh kind of seminal classic and everything that came after that.
0: Um, yeah, I mean certainly. And this and you know, the sort of dive in net surfing sort of idea was yeah. that, that's neuromancer co opted by a million different pieces of science fiction over the years. So
1: you know, I guess uh historically speaking uh is you know uh we're 2029 20, we're right now at 20 uh what 13 so you know we're we're about halfway in between uh the projected day and uh the when the film was made or the manga was written you know how 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 close to the mark would you ever envision this future being to uh what might happen
0: well you know one problem about the idea of a a consciousness that uh, is, you know, not based in the brain, which is, I, I think, a perfectly reasonable thing to posit and something that, you know, as long as nothing too crazy happens with humanity, we'll probably figure out eventually. Um, the, the big problem with that is uh, consciousness requires a huge expenditure of energy, like we were talking about last week. And whether it's artificial or not, it doesn't change the fact that you need to burn calories to think and to have consciousness. And the idea is like these these ghosts that sort of can float around without having some sort of, you know, processing ability well, attached to them is sort of sort well, of goofy. I guess I mean maybe the movie doesn't explicitly state it, but it just seems like a software has to exist somewhere. It has well, let to burn me, cycles on a CPU. So let me like
1: it, uh let me kind of hatch my theory about ghosts and shells i guess <laughs>
0: yeah what is, like, what is the Bits shell and bobs ghosts and shells body, yeah uh
1: yeah i mean uh the shell is uh a reference obviously just to the the human form like uh you know when somebody's burnt out you know they're just sort of uh traumatized or they have ptsd they're just a shell of a man you know which uh, sort of like
0: those uh humans like the, we saw at the beginning of the uh episode who was a dickhead he had been he had been uh, ghosted, or he had been uh, uh, puppeted, turned into a puppet.
1: So, if you just kind of have the, uh, I don't know, the what's the right word, the automaton of a human form, then there is, uh, I guess, a higher consciousness, which more or less is sort of a composite of memories and uh, learn learned skills. I guess you know uh, that's what I always think of. Like, what is a person? And to me, a person is, you know, you have amnesiacs who still have all their native skills, like they can play piano and uh, speak and read and and do all that, but they don't have any sort of memories to recall. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's kind of a combination of memories and sort of muscle memory or skills that comprise a human, at least in my version of it. So if you're talking about a ghost, I would say it's some kind of a construct of those uh, those two, uh, the combination of of, of things, and uh, in Ghost in the Shell, that's uh, I guess when you hack that, you can wipe that away and uh, basically reconstruct it to do what you want it to do. So it's kind of like an amnesiac that you're that you're able to manipulate. Well, I don't think
0: I don't think that's what the title is referring to, though. When it says Ghost in the Shell, the shells of human beings that are puppet masters. I'm not sure. Is that, what it's, is that what it refers to? I thought it most referred to the puppet master when it actually takes physical form in that one. Uh, oh, no, I moment. didn't get
1: that. At go- uh, ghost seems to be a fairly ubiquitous word that's used. I thought
0: they were using the word ghost as the idea of soul because they talk about souls a bit.
1: Well, that's well. kind of what I just described. I mean, to me, if you're to look sort of for a, uh, you know, a hypothetical definition of a soul, to me it's it's exactly what i mentioned uh, a combination of memories and skills or uh, you know abilities or whatever um, and so you know i i i guess we can get metaphysical but i'd prefer not to and oh that's uh, fine
0: you know i I'm, I'm uh you know i'm a uh, just from last week's podcast i'm i'm more of the mechanistic idea of humanity and brain function well and, that's uh, kind
1: of what i you know i didn't want to go any further than that and yeah. so Uh, When they reference a ghost being hacked, it's basically uh, your persona uh, is hacked and uh, wiped and then you are just merely manipulated by, I don't know, in this case, uh, constructed false realities like the garbage man who thinks that he uh, is in some sort of uh, dispute with his wife and has a Yeah, your ghost is
0: just another thing that can be tinkered with like any other part of your body.
1: Yeah, I read a book recently uh, called Altered Carbon by Richard Morgan, a British author. And uh, the whole gist of that is that uh, inside, in the base of the skull, they call it a stack, but it's a little teeny microchip of sorts that holds who you are inside of it, memories, skills, all that kind of thing. And that people can switch bodies just by merely uploading uh, the stack data into uh, Mm -hmm. the human form and so that's uh, how they get
0: a body that's already been used so you can like swap yeah or do you have to get a fresh one
1: uh you can do either uh stacks are installed into every human baby at birth and there's laws that don't allow multiple they call the human being sleeves like shells and so you get re-sleeved when you die. So you die, they pull your stack out, and then they re-sleeve you into a fresh body. So death is a stage of con- destruction. So
0: is, uh, is your consciousness more or less undisturbed by that process, or does it go through well, some you sort just, of metamorphosis?
1: Uh, your consciousness when you're pulled out of a body merely goes into stasis. And, but uh,
0: your identity, your ghost, is it changed fundamentally by this sleeve switch, or is, it, or do you pretty much wake up, open your baby eyes, and you go, Whew, that was some." That was. No, well, you're not a Today, baby. They
1: it. usually do it into like adults, typically, uh, you know, like a, a, a version of yourself that, that you remember. Um, they don't go into a lot of detail, but like the main character is like an investigator, um, and they tra- that's how they transport in between the stars. So they just kind of beam you digitally to planet to planet. And then all of a sudden you wake up in some body that's, I guess... uh,
0: Oh, they shoot like automated shell manufacturing facilities out there. Yeah. Shells ready.
1: Or clones. They clone people there.
0: Oh, there's people already living there. So if you want to travel, they just shoot your stuff. So he wakes up into a
1: guy who has a cigarette uh, addiction. And which mm-hmm. just annoys the shit out of him because he's always having to oh. buy cigarettes and stuff. But hold
0: it. Does that that means they could copy people, too? We'll, yeah, there must be rules against that. And
1: there's all kinds of variations like they uh, can build the consciousness into mm-hmm. fake people, kind of like a cyborg, like we see in Ghost in the Shell, you know, mm-hmm. like the main character. Uh, they can uh, reconstruct your consciousness inside of a computer. Uh, so you can be interrogated, I guess, without having to be put into a body. So I kind of when watching Ghost in the Shell, I kind of went along with that paradigm that were uh, a ghost being more or less a digitized construct of uh, your memories and uh, your uh, abilities and your learn learned skills, your education. Well, it doesn't
0: it doesn't seem like in this movie that the, your ghost can leave your physical flesh brain. They talk about all the cyborgs having an actual brain stuck in there, correct? An original body. So they're not able to totally transfer you over to some sort of artificial or even another organic. You always have to, your brain always has to come with you. You're still yeah. stuck there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it would be like, and so I was thinking that as opposed to transferring, except for the puppet master seems to uh, hack in to these uh, cybernetic brains and then reconstruct, wipe and reconstruct some fake consciousness or fake uh, Well, it sounds like he just
0: brains somebody through traditional techniques. Yeah. So, And plus, I mean, they make, they make a point that there's no brain in the puppet master. They say just the, the they, I think they call it the computer secondary computing center or something that's actually in that one uh, automaton that the puppet master takes over in this film. Right. Well, he takes over several people, I thought. I thought. Well, no, they're... I mean where it actually exists. The Puppet Master actually takes up residence in the oh, one big. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and moves from, uh, I guess, host to host, if you will. And the idea,
0: it's a little goofy because if you are really all digital, then you can be copied easily. They go through some sort of rigmarole while you can't copy things perfectly. It doesn't really make much sense to me. They say you're stuck to a brain, but then they say you can copy Ghosts, but only so well. They yeah. don't really explain it. It yeah. sounds a little murky. Uh,
1: so the whole go- the Puppet Master is, uh, I, I let's me let let's try to, for the sake of plot and spoiling, I guess. We'll the movie's not it.
0: super clear unless you're really paying attention. It's a little well, muddy. And
1: puppet Master was a, a Section 9 uh, program. Section 6 program, 2501. And uh, the whole point of it was to, I guess, manipulate diplomacy through, I guess, hacking into, uh, you know, uh, to, to try to, I don't know, is that is that right? Try to,
0: yeah, it of- was basically. I mean, it seemed like it was a generalized espionage program. Plus, it had the ability to get in people's if they had cybernetically enhanced brains and mess yeah. with their mess with their memories and reprogram them. Basically, I think the idea was going to be used to you know push diplomatic proceedings in particular directions without any sort of overt violence it was sort of subterfuge or what's the word you like um Uh, usurping no it's like when Uh. something's like a dark or a black program or like spy work there's a a Uh, i don't know uh clandestine yeah it was a clandestine arm basically of the it was clandestine diplomacy
1: Which is a pretty good fucking idea because, uh, you know, think about how if we could hack uh, Assad's brain and, uh, you know, get him to, uh, I don't know, chill the fuck out over there in Syria, then uh, you'd make things a lot easier on the rest of folks. And there'd be a lot to be said about uh, manipulating diplomacy from sort of a brainwashing level, I think.
0: I mean, I guess you you all, I mean, it's just part of espionage. I guess. In ways they do that already by, you know, turning people as they basically send spies in and like maybe you somebody go uh, seduce somebody and get them to do something you want by careful manipulation of their personality. I guess you do it in sort of the traditional sense already.
1: Well, it would it seems like a plausible reason to create the puppet master, uh, I guess, from that aspect of the film that. uh You know, you know, and the thing is, is like I've noticed this uh, and maybe we can get into this a little bit later about uh, the complexity of anime and uh, at least Japanese plotting uh, uh, seems to be a lot more. mm, What's the right word? Intelligent, maybe I say that kind of with a little grain of salt. I, I,
0: I, I just think it's not it doesn't it doesn't make itself really clear and not in the sense of dumbing you down, I think, just think, you're so focused on the animation and the visuals that I think maybe the storylines don't get completely baked.
1: Well, I always seem to be, you know, Akira, which is another movie I want to do, uh, lost in, you know, you get thrown into a scene like in the beginning there, you get thrown into this diplomatic scene uh, with uh, the main cyborg character. What's her name?
0: Uh, so I just call her the major. The her major name is uh, like uh, Motoko, but uh, yeah. they always just call her the major.
1: You get thrown in and people are like in mid conversation and then you got, uh, you know, she's section six and she's about ready to kind of. Infiltrate and assassinate, but yet the police are on top of it. So there's like a lot of stuff going on. You're just kind of thrown right in, which I like. But again, when you, like you said, you're really focused on the animation there at the beginning. And, yeah, that, uh, that opening
0: scene is meant to be more like the opening scene of a Bond movie. Sure, it has, it certainly has echoes in the rest of the storyline, but it's meant to be sort of a cool action piece. And she's uh, wearing and- that skin tight, flesh colored bodysuit, and it's supposed to be a little risque. And there's some slow mo and there's a gruesome head being blown up sort Oh of yeah. Scene. It's yeah. really an it's really an action movie intro before the credits scene. And then they have a standard Bond type uh, credit scene where there's some female form sort of floating around some sort of ether, you know, Correct. while the credits roll. So it's just I sort of take it as sort of a bond thing. We can try to dissect what it means and no, no, I'm no, a little no. confused about it because you I mean it does Without being knowledgeable, you can't really figure it out till later if you give it some thought because you got to think about this idea. That there's this section nine, and it's sort of an extra political arm of the government to do targeted assassinations. I mean, the actual—I thought she was you, section six. Uh, no, no, see, section six the diplomacy. Section nine, oh. actually, the name of this movie in Japan is not "Ghost in the Shell." That's its English title. Its, it's literal translation from Japanese is "Mobile Armored." Right,
1: please, yes. Yeah, right. So Let's it's just. really
0: just it's just a special branch of the 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 you know some sort of federal or national government, right? With extraditional killing powers and things such such things, right? So, so uh, I mean, I mean that sort of makes sense we, if you look back on it. Once you pay attention to that, that there can be two government agencies working sort of in opposition to each other just by the nature of their mandates. Uh, one thing is that I found a little confusing is they're killing this uh, diplomat who represents some other Asian government. And so they can so they can disrupt them giving political asylum to a, a, a Japanese. Former, like,
1: ju- like a former Junta leader, like a general or something. Well, there's
0: that. Oh yeah, that's right. But also, also, there's some sort of programmer involved in this that worked yeah. for that American company.
1: You know what? I don't as well. I don't want to get too far into dissecting the plot because I think the plot, at least, is um, a skeleton for the bigger uh, questions that the film brings up or tries to bring up. And yeah. you know, I late. yeah, go ahead. I, I think you know while it's kind of seems to be intricate and. Uh, you know, highly detailed and maybe not totally big, like you said, it seems that it's more of just kind of a a mantle to hold the bigger questions of the film. And the biggest question of it all, I think, is this, um, you know... uh,
0: is Batu going to fuck uh, the major at some point? I think is the big question.
1: Is is the uh, cyborg fully sexually capable? I think that's the big question. <laughs>
0: I that the think the that's what's on everybody's
1: up. minds here. Exactly. I, and,
0: I, I paused really closely in some of those news scenes. <laughs> I can't be entirely sure. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little, uh, maybe a little Barbie doll action going on.
1: And you were looking for some camel toe that was possibly not there. So. Uh,
0: no. I mean, you have yeah, like so, a...
1: Multi-million dollar, multi-million yen uh, cyborg. You couldn't like install a flashlight. You know, come on. Oh, I'm
0: I'm sure it's there. This for, just for tastefulness. I, they sort of did that simplification yeah. of the external genitalia. For Christ's sake. You know, well, otherwise uh, they'd have to blur it out. Because remember, there's a, like a <laughs> weird genital rule in <laughs> Japan right. where you can't show. Some uh, particular parts of the external genitalia or something
1: which or uh brings up the whole topic of anime tentacle porn, which uh, could we could go on for forever, but I choose not to
0: <clears throat> no. yeah well you i 'm sure you 'll bring it up with one of your picks in a few weeks <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was the what 's the most notorious one theji well, is that uh, the Oven? legend of the overfiend? oh God. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's one. sake. All we right. can discuss
0: the Nazi fuck energy automated machine <laughs> that they have there at one point.
1: Yeah. I'm uh, not sure what the
0: Nazis are doing there, but.
1: Uh, well, they're just thrown in for good measure for yucks, you know. <laughs> in. Well. yeah, whatever. Okay, no. The bigger question, uh, Kusanagi ponders the very nature of her existence. I'm reading this off of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Is she purely an artificial construct, or is there more? What exactly is the ghost, her essence in her cybernetic shell? And this seems to be a little bit of a uh, the I guess the this, the material coming up short. She's a pure cyborg, so she has all these uh, human mannerisms, and uh, I don't know. It seems like you would have had she's, to— she's
0: a, she's a total body replacement, to use our old cyberpunk role-playing game terms.
1: Okay. Is there a human brain left there? Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a human brain. Oh. When she's talking to Batu. Uh, he talks about her brain still being in there. So and it's like in a titanium case. Remember, he takes her head at the end of the movie and plops it on another body. I didn't
1: Says know it memory. was organic. I thought she was just, uh, you know, a construct uh, computer program that was running inside of a giant robot. But you're, you're saying to that
0: suggest that I I didn't see it. Uh, I'm pretty sure they talked pretty honestly that there's a physical flesh brain in there.
1: Well, that would make way more sense than what I was trying to uh, come up with. So I
0: don't think they can copy people in this movie. It doesn't seem to be the case. Well, maybe it's furboat, or there's some technical issues, which they maybe point to at one point in the movie that there might be some technical issues with copying people.
1: Is she purely an artificial construct that's kind of posed? I don't don't
0: see. I just don't see where they imply that at any point Ah. that she's not a real person. That's by nature of her career is done to total or some sort of accident.
1: I just didn't. I, I, okay. Well, I, that seems like the logical conclusion, but I I didn't see anywhere in the film where that was, uh, fleshed out pun intended. I, I didn't really, you know what I mean? Did you,
0: um, I, I just, you're saying the movie suggests that she's completely artificial, that she's like a designed military special ops, uh kick murder squad yeah wrote. kick murder squad
1: right yeah she's uh you know with only like a few years to gather the uh yeah. empathy of uh you know i don't know
0: i it, no that's it, not the case i can not i right. can't imagine that's the case
1: well it would make sense because she seems uh she seems to you know be able to joke and quip and uh I don't know, have some sort of uh, human sensibility that definitely makes her way more human. It makes than... sense
0: that she has a, a flesh brain in there and she was moved from her original body at some point. Okay, I'm going to buy that's that. That's what makes sense? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what makes perfect sense. But no, I think that's what the movie means to tell you. So brain, Because that's that's the whole point of uh, the problem with, uh, which they sort is a little hamphist. The whole problem with the puppet master is he he's missing some sort of essence of life to reproduce or some bullshit at the end of the movie. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. That's pretty hokey, right? That is and He hokey. has to fuse with her in order to go on to live or something, and then he has to die. It's convenient that, uh, section six blows him up right after he does his mind meld. Right. So, look, that's hokey. That's ham fisted hokey. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Didn't we watch,
1: I thought we reviewed a movie that kind of, uh, it got a little metaphysical with, uh, I don't know. And, um, like, what is what is it to be alive, you know? And it, it, I always dismiss that kind of crap. Well, for starters, because I'm an atheist, you know, it doesn't really uh, jive with my, uh, I guess, sense or philosophy that... Well, I mean, it's a good
0: idea to ask what is consciousness and what makes this something interesting. Self-awareness. Yeah, I think that's know? an interesting field to study. I mean, if you want to gloss it over it with some sort of magical thinking, then no. it gets a little hokey. But, no. You know, you got to make sense of the world. I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with anybody doing that, um, as long so, as they don't force feed it down anybody else's throats.
1: So, uh, have you heard? I was going to bring this topic into the conversation, but of the uh, technological singularity, have you heard of that term?
0: Yeah, I'm. Ho- I'm hoping for it. I'm pulling for it, man. That's the so, only. That's the only solution.
1: So, just a, a, a quick uh, overview for our listeners who aren't sci-fi geeks, like. Myself and and Mark to a lesser extent. The technological singularity is a theoretical emergence of superintelligence through technological means. Since the capabilities of such intelligence would be difficult for an unaided human mind to comprehend, the technological singularity is seen as an occurrence beyond which events can be predicted, cannot be predicted. Proponents of the singularity typically state that an intelligence explosion, that. Uh, Okay, I screwed that sentence up. Uh, Proponents of the tech singularity typically state that an intelligence explosion where superintelligence's design successive generations of increasingly powerful minds might occur very quickly and might not stop until the agent's cognitive abilities greatly surpass that of any human. So in this film, uh, this technological singularity, I think, was uh, popularized by the writer, uh, sci-fi writer, Werner Vinge who I've read one of his books, didn't like it, but, you know, that's beside the point. Good idea,
0: uh, bad writing, or uh, bad?
1: just Uh Kind of, yeah, a little bit of that. And the whole, uh, the way this relates to this film, I guess, and I didn't know if this is before or after that concept, but uh, like the Puppet Master would be kind of that spark- of the technological singularity where we create a artificial mind that then produces another artificial mind and then so on and so forth. And then, uh, intelligence sort of explodes beyond the human brain's ability to, uh, predict or even know it, you know? So,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess that's sort of the generalities are going for that. He was an autonomous program that was created and by his experiential, I mean, he goes on to say it, that as I, Surf through the internets. I uh, learned more and more until I became aware. Yeah, and uh, then uh, in order to repro- and then he goes into that hokey reproduction business, which doesn't make any sense.
1: Uh, it does and It doesn't. Except it. from
0: a, like a poetic standpoint.
1: Well, you can utilize like genetic algorithms for engineering purposes, and I've I've used them, but I don't think that's what this is getting at. Where you kind of take two. Um, the best of two models, and then merge them, and uh, you know, build on that iteratively. Well, they don't even
0: explain what the what any of the aspects of the merging event are exactly. Sort of what? Not, it not is really. Like. The They're dive. not going into it at all. You just just get some the sort dive. of we're going to merge. All right, we merged.
1: Yeah, and now I'm a now, little girl, a
0: whole new world of possibilities, and I've been reborn like a phoenix. I rise from the ashes. I'm metaphorically, to a little a, girl, a new, a new yeah. child. Yeah, that's all I oh. can find on the black market. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, that's kind of, uh, I, I thought it was apropos to bring that into the, the yeah. You know, I, a
0: little bit. I mean, the, the idea of the singularity is a pretty solid one. If, you know, if you really can make an artificial intelligence that's separated from the traditional, uh, DNA based natural selection methods where you can naturally select it through direct or, or, uh, directed engineering through very fast successions of, of generations, basically, that you could, you know, there's a new growth curve you're going to hit until you reach some other limit, maybe a thermodynamic limit on thought. Yeah, and but, um,
1: and actually that point you made just there about thermodynamic limit is one of the major criticisms of uh, the technological singularity that um, for starters, uh, it's not a matter of, uh, I guess, memory or hardware, but there's a, a, a limit to to the speed at which you can compute, which you would be able to create a uh, artificial intelligence of, of comparable to a human being. they just can't. It would just get too hot. you just lose too much energy trying to create, yeah, you create you know, thermodynamically something that's... Yeah, because
0: a, in order to order a system, you have to decrease its entropy locally. And if you're just ordering ones and zeros, you're still ordering a system, which means you're going to have to increase entropy in the outside world, which you're basically going to have to expend a lot of energy as waste heat.
1: Uh, I studied, yeah, and I studied neural networks for quite a bit in school and neural networks are a uh, computational uh, simulation of what actually occurs biologically and in the brain. So it's like associative networks and associative uh, processing and that kind of thing. Um, But it all has to be emulated on a, in a computer. And uh, if you're trying to, like you said, use digital logic to create a, a neural network. You got so much overhead that you're never actually going to get a nice, clean sort of human type of efficiency when it comes to processing I mean, data. have people
0: really done the math on that, and that's what they actually say? Yeah,
1: it's kind or of Or do we not really as... know
0: where that limit is? Are they saying that silicon-based transistor uh, integrated circuit logic is just is already – it's too weak? Its thermodynamic is well, too – Well, I, I think – Neur- the idea ne- that if you can make an intelligence that can make itself more intelligent, I guess the idea of the singularity is that it can engineer its way out of a lot of problems.
1: Yeah, but the way things work, like neural networks have sort of been dropped as sort of a major engine of artificial uh, intelligence research because of its inefficiencies, mainly due to the fact that you're emulating the networks in computers and not actually synthesizing it uh biologically uh, or close to that you're not actually creating something like a human brain and hooking it up and you know that kind of thing so whatever
0: yeah there's some definitely some engineering challenges which i, I don't know anything about jared if diamond about...
1: uh are you familiar with jared diamond no i'm not he wrote guns germs and steel and oh, i've uh,
0: always meant to read that
1: collapse which is a, a really good uh book i've read them both or read those two books he's since written quite a few other ones that i haven't gotten to yet but uh his one criticism uh, of this singularity um he mentions in his book uh collapse how societies choose to fail or succeed he argues that cultures self-limit when they exceed the sustainable carrying capacity of their environment and the consumption of strategic resources like timber, soil, or water, or energy, maybe in, in our case now, creates a deleterious positive feedback loop that leads eventually to the social collapse and technological retrogression. So his argument is that uh, you get to a point where what your resource-carrying capacity is too high, and it basically, uh, you know, you hit an exponential level of that. Uh, and we always argue this in science fiction, you and I, about energy. Uh, we well, have I mean, an we've energy... been, our
0: society's been energy limited for about at least 100 years. I mean, we hit a wall a long time ago. That's why we don't live in the Jetsons world.
1: Correct. Well, we watched the sequel to this. You and I went to uh, Ghost in the Shell 2, uh, the oh, sequel. Oh, yeah, what was it called? Like, like Innocence uh, or something.
0: Yeah, it was called Innocence. That's right. It's where uh, the major's like living on the net and Batu's running around trying to figure some shit out. And something. there's
1: a scene with uh, some ship flying through this uh, ghost town, but the ghost town is just this monstrous, huge, oh. futuristic city.
0: Yeah, and, that's gone to gone to gone to hell. Yeah.
1: And we're and you you were just sitting there watching and going, oh, the the energy to create something like that, you know, the the ability to manufacture a future that is represented in manga or anime would just consume so much resource, so much energy that it's almost infeasible. I, you know,
0: well, you need a real, evo- you need a energy revolution, you need some sort of incredibly inexpensive source of some sort of motive force.
1: And I don't see that happening. I, Unless I just there's
0: don't. some revolution in engineered fusion or something. You're so sort of, you're hard thi- limited by the sun.
1: So I think Jared diamond's, uh, point is is that you know as it sits now we're still burning dead dinosaurs to uh generate a futuristic society and that and we
0: can do it for a few hundred more years
1: yeah but something's gonna have to change and and his it seems a little pessimistic his point but that that won't happen
0: Oh, the singular. I don't see how that necessarily leads to the singular He says the singularity is there. Is so many engineering challenges before that's feasible that we just can't sustain this energy output in order to allow us to engineer our way to it. Yeah, that, that,
1: that will hit. A, will hit a, uh, a resource wall before we hit a uh, technological a singularity
0: wall. event. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of hand waving on both sides right. of that argument. All right. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for the singularity. Yeah, well, you want uh,
1: Skynet I'll take, take Terminator 2. Yeah, you want Skynet to uh, basically render humanity into uh, kind of a paste and, uh, you know, move on.
0: Look, it's going to be a, cu- a hard couple hundred years. But after <laughs> that, uh, the machines can. They're going to get bored. They're going to get. We built all these killing machines and we killed them all. What are we going to do now? They're going to get bored. They're going go, well, let's, uh, I don't know, let's figure out the world and the universe. Well, that's our only gonna, hope They're going right? to have the freedom to do it, yeah. Uh well, Man's never gonna fling himself at the stars. The
1: machines are uh I guess not metaphorically, but literally our offspring. So Yeah,
0: that's the best we can do is fling some little rovers. That's it. They're that semi autonomous to the nearest planet to us.
1: That's the, it. The second nearest. I guess yeah. Venus is closer. So uh adopt a cyborg, kids. Get out there and uh, you know. Go to the pound and grab yourself a cyborg, baby. Oh,
0: it's too bad robots suck so much. But anyways, we'll see what happens. They do. I mean, we won't see what happens. <laughs> it will be long. I'll going. be I'll be dying at 52 from a heart attack.
1: 52, man. That's, you got and like, how many years got you got like left? like
0: 15 years 15 or 14 years. years. Oh, shit. I better well, get busy. I yeah. got a lot of stuff to do around the house first. <laughs> All
1: right. Make yourself worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you won't be a drag on our healthcare system. You'll That's just right. Out like That's a right. Blank. I'm doing my part.
0: You that's might, why I'm not saving anything for retirement.
1: You might be uh, in the ICU for 12 hours, but you know, whatever. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, you you'd right, make so,
0: a Republican proud. All right, sorry. So uh, I mean, I guess I guess that's pretty much the story. Then I mean, well, there's a political intrigue story. There's some great. How about the animation itself?
1: Uh, we, haven't this talked, was, we haven't talked
0: about the production
1: much. Well, okay, and this is kind of one of my. I have a I have a big beef with American animation and uh and that's why anime is such a. Uh, I always get this wrong i always say breath of fresh air but no uh, uh breath of fresh air oh i fresh of breath air never mind okay i got it right no, that's time. right breath right. of fresh air that's the yeah. saying uh anyway because uh why in in the u.s are we forced to do animation for children why is everything that this fucking country cranks out that's anything related to animation is always geared for a child? And thank God that, you know, Japan is, is it's in, you know, anime and manga is sort of a cultural adult type of storytelling that uh, we don't have in this country flat out. We have comic books, but comic books never translate into animation in film. They always translate into live action. And uh, it seems I don't know. It it, it kind of is, is a little depressing because uh, well, I think a
0: lot of them the what's well, I think there's certain market forces surrounding it that films need to be have a certain level of profit. I think there is some good animation being done for television by Americans,
1: really. You know, which think, you like, like if, what? You, if you
0: look on like. Uh, uh, Adult Swims had a lot of neat oh,
1: animation. like Archer, that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, Archer and Aquatine, Hunger Force. And also there's some, uh, been some, uh, you know, they uh, did an animated version of uh, The Dark Knight Returns. You know, the I heard Alan that. And Alan Moore, and I heard it's really good. I haven't seen it yet.
1: I did hear that Where too. Where they
0: fight Superman in the future. And I think that'd be a. I mean, that's maybe one of the greatest graphic novels of all time. And I've heard people say that it's an excellent adaptation. So I think the market-wise, it's a little more geared towards television, and it's the way it is in Japan too. Most anime is video, it's uh, type stuff, and these okay. these this is like a big film with production costs, and uh, I, you know. I don't know if you should be so hard on American animation. I mean, the big films are animated kids' films because get, you get the whole family to come. So yeah. You sell five I, tickets instead of two. I just hate the you.
1: schmaltz. I hate Pixar schmaltz. I, it just gets me down. I, You know, I it's, it's well, like Well, some formulaic. of the movies
0: are, have their dark edges. You know, they the animators know they're sort of beholden to the schmaltz, and so they put a lot of little subversive things
1: in I know, there. but it's always like around the periphery. It's never... Uh, the main point you know there's never any big themes being discussed uh it's uh you know you got to look to 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 anime for that kind of thing
0: well then there you go you just got to avoid the terrible english dub translation
1: yeah uh so it's not
0: the worst but it's definitely right up there with tv quality so So a couple uh, of the voice actors i really like oh who did did
1: you like in this i like the guy who does batu yeah um the half cyborg
0: yeah, the guy with the eyes, and you know, if you ever watch Standalone Complex, you know he, he's like a ex-military guy, right? Right. So a lot of those guys in the military got total uh, body, right? Swaps, which he does.
1: Uh, the production value of this film was ten million dollars, which I hmm. assume is pretty big for an anime film back yeah. in uh, the day. Well, you got to remember
0: the market's a lot smaller because I don't think they can bet on international sales. Plus, they're not I- going to be that big, so it's mostly I- domestic.
1: I did see it in the theater. I saw this when it was released. And it was released simultaneously in Japan, Britain, and the U.S.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: So it had a uh, a different kind of marketing campaign, typically for anime. Uh, it premieres in Japan because that's where the market's huge for it. And then it trickles out through uh, dub. And then there's, like you were saying, for, for some stuff there's even fan dub. Like there'll be people who dub uh, on, I don't, by I don't themselves. About, I don't know
0: about fan dubbing. There's fan subbing.
1: I guess oh could fan do subbing. Fan dubbing, no, you're right. But that'd fan be a lot subbing. of work. No, fan subbing. You're, you're There's a lot correct. of fan
0: dubs for stuff that's uh, never been released. So that's mostly pretty mediocre melodramatic sort of anime, which is most of it. Okay. Like high school uh, melodramas and the such. Okay. So yeah. I don't know if you'd really be interested. I know I'm not.
1: But no. I think I
0: did watch. I think I did watch a fan sub of uh, Macross Seven. It may not have been fan subbed. I think it might have been released in some. South American markets, and they put an English sub on it. It's a big Japanese never, community in South America. But they never uh, they never released it in the U.S. I had to watch it uh, on one of those streaming sites. It's pretty good, a little yeah. long. I probably would have cut about a half of the total runtime out of this series.
1: You know what's interesting about Japan, and it's something I, I don't understand, I uh, haven't understood, but there's a fascination with anthropomorphic robotics that – just it's it's uh you know like all the big robot anime uh like a- appleseed uh mm. Robotech or Macross, uh you know it always there's always this uh and even down to like research like uh Osimo, you know the Honda robot that dances around and I don't know what the what the point of it is, but it just kind of dances around and does a little this and that but uh, it's just
0: it's just a research tech project.
1: The research. Japanese are just fascinated with creating human-like uh, robots for some reason. I, I have not a clue yeah. why.
0: Yeah, I guess know? I don't. I guess I don't know. I don't think they spend a lot of money doing that. But it's well, just sort of a, a research. I don't know. It's something weird about their uh, society. I don't know where it could come from. The I uh, mean, there's the issue with the incredibly low birth rates in Japan. No, I think it's something you, different than that.
1: I just think of like, uh, you know, Mecca. Uh, that whole uh, notion that... Well, uh, just think
0: of, like, you know, the giant robot stories from the 50s and stuff.
1: Yeah, and then there's even some... Well, I guess there's that. Or Astro Boy, the little
0: robot boy. Really early stuff.
1: Uh, There's, like, even hobbyist dudes who make, like, giant hydraulic uh, bipedal mecha in Japan, you know. And a horrible idea. You would never want to create a giant huge robot it would be kind of pointless it resembles a human being it would be uh kind of silly and pointless
0: It'd be a tough locomotion system though you've seen that one boston dynamics or whatever they are that company that makes those little oh, dog yeah. type things the idea that's is creepy that they're, all, they're all, all terrain they're powered by a little gasoline engine and you could throw all your packs on there and it could follow you around the backwoods yeah like tour but you people said well look when we're in other countries and we need a pack animal, what we do is we break hire, into that. Uh, we got we got some a dudes. pallet of a hundred dollar bills back at the base. <laughs> <right>. We flip <laughs> off a couple of hundreds, and we get ourselves all the donkeys we want, and then we just release them when we're done. Oh, I it was costs thinking of less like, than a two hundred thousand uh, uh, dollar autonomous gas powered uh, robot. I was thinking of like human amazing.
1: beings, like Sherpas in the Himalayas. You know, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, you that's a lot. You want. But that's are they quiet cheaper. and stealthy? No, they're not. Actually, they would be way more quiet than that Big Dog thing because I watched a YouTube video on it. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing's really noisy when it's gas-powered because it's got like a two-stroke lawnmower engine
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's creepy. To our listeners, they should go out on YouTube. Like, I think, what is it, Big Dog General Dynamics or something like that? I I thought
0: it was Boston something. something. Boston Dynamics. Yeah, uh, because
1: they do this little field test where there's a guy dressed like a soldier walking through, I assume, the New England woods. And this kind of loud yeah, machine is following him yeah. and uh it trips up and it looks it, it, you almost feel a little sad for it because it's it looks having, like
0: a retarded deer yeah
1: and uh then it's walking across an icy parking lot and this guy just boot kicks it like on the side trying to knock it over you know, and the thing kind of stumbles a little bit and then it re- regains its center of gravity and keeps walking. You're like,
0: why did he have to kick
1: it? You know, you feel a little. Yeah, bit you know, you before. actually
0: feel a little sad. It's starting to get a little anthropomorphic. I Like know. you care about somebody kicking the dog.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the That's kind of the weird thing about. Uh, yeah, it's
0: crossing the line.
1: Robotics is like, uh, you know, you watch this soldier dude like boot kick a machine and then you start to feel like they said that's not right something's not right
0: about that you yeah know, if you kicked over a bicycle you go that's sort of a waste yeah exactly you know, or, uh, it shows how is it's so how few little cues we need to tire tug at our heartstrings maybe that's why they make uh they make all these military things look like humans every everybody pauses a little bit you have to be trained it's like uh when they train infantrymen or riflemen they have you shoot at outlines of people that way you'll learn to shoot at things shaped like people yeah, and you don't hesitate in the future because at first, when you first shoot at a person, you're going, geez, that's a guy, that's somebody." I'm right. going to kill. You right. got to like, train yourself out of that. Right. So I guess you have to do that, but maybe it, uh, you know for riot work, maybe you'd uh, call the writer. Oh God, I don't know if I want to toss his molotov cocktail at the dog shaped robot that's trying to <laughs> s- stomp on my uh, rights.
1: Exactly. Uh, well, even in this, in in Ghost in the Shell uh when um that cybernetic female that uh uh the puppet master hacks into i guess it's a trap they, they build that that cybernetic female in the factory uh it's a section. Yeah, it's like section
0: six trying to get its project back in but then the puppet master sort of uses that as a way out sort of double crosses them
1: and so uh when it's it gets in was it that, that bus crash it's in a crash and gets dismembered or it gets torn apart yeah, gets or something over, like that yeah. yeah and you feel it's a little bit of uh i don't know it's it's a little weird seeing a dismembered female even in anime form in the film it's uh and then uh when the, the major gets dismembered too
0: oh which is trying to rip open the hatch on that uh, yeah on that I don't sort know. Of insect tank it's yeah, a little yeah. fantastic. Well, she rips it off herself. But how about when she's getting gripped by the head? It looks like it's going to crush her head.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit churning. There's something about that. You can find the know. two
0: times somebody's, like one time some guy's rib cage explodes in a car when he gets hit by a large caliper round.
1: Is it a cyborg or is it just some no,
0: dude? No, it's just some guy. And oh, uh, then the, right. the diplomat guy gets his head blown off at the beginning. Well, yeah. There's, who... there's sort of that ultra anime gore that's really probably not necessary. I mean, it's I like I like you showing some gore when there's violence, but this stuff where you know, like you can see like the the bone white spinal column sticking out, oh. which which you'd never wow. see that sort of thing. No,
1: well, I was just talking more about uh, the kind of maimed female talking with blank eyes, kind of being.
0: Disturbing. Oh, it is a little disturbing when the two of them are sitting next to each other talking right at the end, and you sort of see out their own eyes.
1: Yeah, you sort of yeah. imagine
0: yourself paralyzed or something. That's a little disturbing. I think or just seeing
1: like a mangled female form on the ground. I don't know. It's a little bit uh, uh, macabre. Maybe that's the right yeah. word. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think it's meant to be. Um, let's see what was else I was going to say here. Uh, actually, uh, the director uh, Oshi he uh, purposefully had the major not blink in several scenes
0: yeah um, she's got spooky eyes yeah because she's a cyborg so
1: right so they didn't they wanted he wanted a little bit of a window into the artificiality of that character so uh mm-hmm. you would see her and she just wouldn't be blinking you know that whole time and all that stuff so that was kind of yeah. creepy yeah um so you and i used to play a game called cyberpunk and yeah. uh you it was know sort of like this it was sort it's almost uh, yeah whether it's you know it's all in a blender right during this era of sci-fi so it's hard to say whether one got inspired by the other but you know what happened to that whole future notion of uh getting chunks of your body replaced by hardware we have you know these days people are like the the body modification crowd you know they're really into doing weird shit to their body you know uh just piercing it tattooing it (laughs) scarring it you know putting like subdermal all
0: over the place
1: putting subdermal horns in their head um you know kind of all that shit but uh you know nobody's these days is talking about like replacing part of their pinky with a thumb drive or anything like that you know there's still seems taboo to uh Mm -hmm. want to merge your body with anything that uh is sort of technological outside of sort of a medical requirement, like, uh, you know, a cochlear implant or something like that. Yeah, or some
0: sort of neural stimulator, which are pretty common these days.
1: Yeah, or maybe an artificial limb or something like that. The
0: most common one would be a pacemaker. Oh, yeah, A lot of people have pacemakers. Right. But uh, nobody uh,
1: cosmetically is talking about, like, hey, you know, I want to get rid of my fucking hand and get, like, some hydraulic hand that can, you know.
0: Well, in this movie, people do. They get a total replacement that looks just like a human being.
1: I know. I just it doesn't seem like there's uh, you know people people are up to that anymore. I don't know. It seems like it's still taboo if you were to start swapping out. Or if they pieces made perfect body.
0: body cybernetic body replacements that you could just put your brain into, you don't think people would? Uh, get I don't know. Well,
1: you know, like in in those cyberpunk books, there was you know you had the whole catalog of things that you could uh, have get your liver swapped out with some kind of hyper liver, so you could drink like a fish. And
0: yeah, and they talk about that in this very film. Do they? On the boat. Oh, I don't even remember. They may. Yeah, no, no. They're on the boat drinking alcohol, and they talk about their super livers that can process yeah. the alcohol in 10 seconds. Exactly. Because uh, Batu asks the major if she's drunk because she's sort of waxing about the idea of self.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, I, I, I just. I'm, I'm still waiting. I don't know. Maybe well, look,
0: man. A- there's a uh, RPG coming out next year, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> it's supposed to be uh It's it's supposed to be an A class title. I just remember
1: uh, game. we played the. Uh, it was Artel Soran was the maker of that film or it film was 2020. That, that that game. And uh, you and I, it seemed like we spent hours trying to uh, choreograph or play like three seconds worth of game time because like you'd, yeah you'd shoot like a million bullets, and you'd have to track where each one went, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah there's some kind of fundamental flaw with that game. But we did play it quite a bit. Ow.
0: You just really had to choose your uh, – when you're designing a scenario, you had to limit it to, like, maybe two gunfights.
1: Yeah, you, had, you couldn't just be gunfighting all the time. Yeah, and then, yeah you'd,
0: have, you'd have to have, like, two gunfights. Then that was max. Those are, like, going to be a couple hours each. And then if you had a roll.
1: character that was a hacker – they would have to go off and like do their hacking bit of the game while all the other characters sat around and waited for them to hack a door. Yeah, you, know? you had
0: to make the, you had to make the hacks fast. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just remember a lot of downtime in that game. Just you know, yeah. okay, you shoot thirty five bullets and twenty of them hit the target and five yeah. of them go into the
0: head. And that was probably the biggest problem. Was probably the dual uh, sort of uh, um, there were sort of two theaters where this rolled action took place the cyber stuff and the the real life stuff The
1: real life stuff yeah i
0: mean if it all happened real life and i guess we, you sort of did that sometimes where you'd have a gunfight going and, and the guy would be hacking like security cameras or doors or something yeah yeah
1: yeah i just remember that uh there was no wireless technology which seems like in this oh, the, movie
0: you, everything was cell networks i guess that's wireless it, well in ghost in the shell
1: even you know she has to plug into the back of her seat to interface with the computer,
0: remember? She well, has like I those mean, four you would guess that... You, well, I mean, just wonder about... Yeah, I mean, I guess. Well, like, I had I a mean, friend, my friend I mean, Bill... look, I mean, you should know well enough that uh, sometimes it's better to wire something up
1: than well, use it a is. couple of antennas. No, that's true, but my my friend Bill, he uh, remodeled this house, I don't know, I want to say like 10, 12 years ago, and uh, he uh, works for like a Paul Allen venture company so he's pretty you know he's, he's, he's definitely uh, up on technology but in that era he had every single corner of his house uh, wired with T1 <laughs> so you know even like a stereo cabinet behind it there was a little T1 slot there was T1 in every bedroom T1 like in every single room
0: yeah, it's and, not a bad idea And then the
1: and then you'd go down to his basement and he'd uh-huh. have this panel They'd open up this panel, and there must have been, like, 30 T1 lines going into, like, a massive router, you know, that was then hooked up directly. Yeah, you had a big switch. Yeah, yeah, that hooked up directly into the uh, cable or phone company uh, modem, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, now, shit, man, you just just drop a a shitty little Linksys wireless router and hook up a million devices to it in your home. And uh yeah you get a little bit of like you're right it's better to wire things up if you're doing any Well, throughput. especially especially
0: if you got in- installed like entertainment center or something you never have to worry about it
1: but you wouldn't have to like you know like in Ghost in the Shell have this little four port that she has to click into in the back of her head now you just like bluetooth that shit you know so well you probably
0: well you'd certainly do that with implants but uh, I, don't I don't know. i mean whatever. sometimes a wire uh, a wire's best especially <laughs> you wonder about the incredible uh uh data throughput they probably have to have all, all right
1: shit. all right well you're and uh, you're making a good point i was just trying to uh, point out an anachronism and whatever anyway moving on yeah
0: no 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 that's cool. all right let's
1: get into the ebert
0: uh, so ebert reviewed this back in 96 i guess that must have been when the film was released in the u.s and it looks like he reviewed the subtitled version, uh, because he quotes uh, dialogue that's in the subtitled version, but not in the American dub, which is important. But we'll go to that later. Uh, he says the Ghost in the Shell is another example of anime, animation from Japan, aimed at adults, and in this case, the same college-aged audience that reads heavy metal, heavy metal, and other slick comic zines. Sure. I think yeah. That's funny. He says it includes a song performed by U2 titled One Minute Warning.
1: I didn't even recognize that one.
0: And it must be all instrumental. It must have been um, one of the – there's a few instrumental scenes in this film we didn't talk about, which I really like.
1: Uh, the music is great. There's some. There's like a scene of uh, some futuristic jetliner cruising over a neighborhood, and then it's uh, like a vocal track that's there. And that must, that must uh, be
0: it. That must be it. And there's sort of scenes of the city. Yeah, no, it did quite a while. It, there's some
1: really good, uh, uh, there's really sound going on in this film, soundtrack-wise, I guess.
0: You, you know, a lot of times when films leave their narrative, they only do it in to use it for action sequences, and rarely do films do it simply for visual sequences that are bereft of, you know, overt, uh, stylized action. Yeah. And I like it when movies take a few minutes and sit and just breathe and watch.
1: It's kind of a little Terence Malick-esque, you know. There's yeah. shot, still, somewhat still shots and music on top of it that uh, evokes, you know. It's not necessarily enhancement. It's evoc- evocation or evocation
0: of uh, the subject matter. In this matter. case, the setting, sort of the city. Right. Yeah, I like that moment. I guess that must be the U2 that I didn't recognize it at the time. Uh, he says the major characters can sh- change shapes. I'm not sure what that means. Become invisible and dive into the minds of others, which places them not so much in the future as in the tradition of Japanese fantasy in which ghosts have always been able to do such things. You know, it reminds me of something I've been meaning to catch up on is. Japanese myths, I heard it's a pretty rich tradition, and it's really echoed in modern Japanese animation and manga oh, quite a bit. And uh, I always meant to look into it, but I n- never have. There's got to be a lot of, of that, that
1: going on in this, just uh, due to our ignorance, we're not uh, yeah. able to... It,
0: and that's maybe one reason why the narrative is a little more confusing. Maybe there, and we've talked about this before, that there can be tropes that are used there that are supposed to imply understanding, which as a foreign audience you just miss, or maybe a particular way the language is used, and you just can't, you can't see the joke or the implied meaning from the well, translation. And
1: that's a big thing in Japanese storytelling that we don't get over here is uh, kind of minimalism or sparseness about. Uh, things being implied or unsaid, that being as important as what is said, you know and so uh, well
0: when you can't hear the language, it's almost impossible to hear those things
1: Well, and it's a subtlety yeah that that we're sort of blinded to because of our cultural uh, divide you know so yeah,
0: I mean that's the argument where uh, a double differ from the uh, the original language in the sense that we're trying to take the idea and shape it into something that can be communicated through this language. Yeah, and, and that's a, a tricky that's a tricky thing to do.
1: In a movie uh that we'll hopefully review soon, Akira, which is the Otomo classic from 89, there's uh such huge divisions between the dub and the Japanese subtitled version. I mean, it's it's almost egregious that the dub is ridiculous, but the subtitle version is a lot more you know, more true to the translation, I guess you know okay. and it it makes yeah, concepts a, it, a little bit more tangible than than the dub which kind of muddles them
0: well that's just a bad dub uh right
1: yeah oh yeah yeah yeah
0: in addition to the voice acting the translation's bad yeah. uh, okay uh he goes on to say um that in describing the vision of the film uh he says that uh Corinthians is evoked twice and where he says, you remember the scene where it says, for now we see through a glass darkly. a sort of a classic Yeah, line. that's a very classic line. And it's not in the dub, English dub. <laughs> I was thinking of grabbing it. And uh, they use the, the word like, uh, I see you in the mirror, but uh, you're obscured. Oh, that's, that's terrible because glass, cause glass darkly up. is
1: such a... Uh, poignant term it's uh yeah
0: and referencing the bible you know like philip k bible.
1: dick's uh scanner darkly you yeah. know it's yeah exactly all right
0: so uh and he has another quote there too so that was one thing that really disappointed me because uh, i was diving in afterwards to grab some i was going some hard-hitting dialogue and okay. <laughs> uh I was, I was like oh jesus christ i couldn't even put the the bible quote in this
1: uh-huh.
0: um he says oh then he goes off to talk about salary men let's see here um Oh, yeah. He says, about, An article uh, about ahead. anime in the recent issue of Film Quarterly suggests that to be a salary man in modern Japan is so exhausting and dehumanizing that many men who are the audience of it, this animation project both freedom and power onto women and ad- identify with them as fictional characters. I mean, he talks about how the strong. Female character that's also sort of sexualized in a strange sense. Well, I'm
1: I'm with that. You know, we 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 get that over here quite a bit. To be honest, I I don't know if it's uh, the same kind of, uh, uh, you know, if the, the the concept is translated as well. But you know, we have our uh, who is it? Trinities from the Matrix. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like uh, I don't. I, maybe it's a little different from what you described, but there definitely is a. Uh, you know, I mean, hell, I'm going to be chained to my desk till I'm dead. So, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of
0: <laughs> oh, man. You're going to get to retire before you're too
1: old. Fuck no, I'll be but, dead. But uh, you know, my desk. I think
0: we can both agree that women should get back in the kitchen where they belong, right?
1: The, yeah, Mike currently is uh, barefoot and pregnant, literally in the kitchen as we speak. So. Uh,
0: he says that uh, this would help explain other rec- the us- the other recent. Japanese phenomena of a fad among straight teen boys to dress like girls.
1: Yeah, that's kind of weird. I'm not familiar
0: with that. (laughs) Uh, So he sums it up, and he gave this three stars, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning, that uh, this particular film is too complex and murky to reach a large audience, but I enjoyed its visuals, its evocative soundtrack, and its ideas. Uh, Yeah, I guess you sort of have to appreciate it on that end, even though it's a little muddy. Uh, there's the a
1: wise. there's a point that he makes about the dialogue, and it's one of uh, actually it's a hallmark of bad science fiction. But uh, the movie has a tendency, as does a lot of traditional science fiction, for its characters to talk in concepts and abstract information. Sample dialogue. Aside from a slight brain augmentation, your body's almost entirely human. Or if a cyborg could create its own ghost, what would be the purpose of being human? Or you're treated like other humans, so stop with the angst. It's, uh, it's the self-awareness of, of characters living in a science fiction universe that's always kind of a hallmark of Bad sci-fi, and you used to get that a lot oh. back in like early '50s, '60s. I was like, I'm going to take my ray gun and dial up the, you know, the the, the, the phaser. To, yeah, to, it's it's a it's basically a tech speak for the only benefit being uh, for the reader to get caught up with what's technologically. Well, it's going sort of on.
0: like when you see a, a pilot of a sitcom. Uh, the first scene, everybody describes their relationship to each other. <laughs> You know the mother come in, and you be nice to your sister Sally. You know yeah. she's like a year ahead of you in school, and you should look up to her as a role model.
1: Right. And <laughs> uh, <like> that. <laughs> so, unfortunately, this trips up there because some of the best science fiction, uh, the characters are completely uh, creatures of their world and are ignorant as to you know the level of technological prowess. So you know, as opposed to the future being like a commercial. You know, where somebody whips out their iPhone and describes the features and I am going agonizing to use the touch detail.
0: interface with the, my fingers. Look, I am going to pinch the... the yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's, it it's, they have to
1: describe the advantages and somebody will pull out like an inferior device. You know, and you're like, oh, well, with the new, you know, one-click <laughs> printing, you can, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, it's kind of that thing. That, yeah, it's uh, it's
0: a little lazy. Lazy. It's a lazy right. way to get your reader up to speed.
1: Exactly, but, but this is I a movie can see and, how
0: it 's very seductive, especially when you 're limited, especially this is like an eighty two minute runtime yeah it 's short. Uh,
1: it could have been a little longer, I thought, but you know it worked so yeah. um, anything else on Ghost in the Shell, any other little tidbits? Of, no, I enjoyed uh,
0: the animation style and maybe i 'll have to go back and uh, there 's a little bit of computer animation in one scene, at least uh, overtly computer animated. Uh, so this is sort of early computer animation. You can sort of see it. I like it. It's mostly hand-drawn. It ends up being a little muddy. It's sort of low-res compared There's to what we used to these days. Uh
1: Ghost in the Shell 2.0. Uh, it's not the sequel, but it's a uh, basically an overhaul of this film with oh, CGI. A remaster? Really? They, well, they injected CGI into it. Uh, oh. I haven't seen it, but it's huh. just everything's been updated. It's kind of like... Lucas's Star Wars upgrades, you know the original. Oh upgrade. well, then
0: I'm gonna have to see it. Those worked out real well. Oh,
1: fuck. Well, you heard about the the new buzz, right? Disney bought out Lucas and uh, is gonna start producing like Star Wars movies, like No Fucking Tomorrow. You know. Well, the go. thing
0: is, the Avengers franchise has made so much money that uh, they're gonna basically do the Avengers treatment on the Star Wars characters, which means we'll have sequels where everybody gets together, and then we'll yeah. have individual movies for all the characters.
1: Yeah, so I heard there's like a Han Solo film in the works, you know. I, I don't,
0: I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's anything not launches out of Lucas's fuck hands. Man, could it better. get? It,
1: could it have gotten any worse? It, it could not. Be, it could,
0: It literally, <laughs> when you got the guys over at Disney, it, kid there's no way it could be worse than those three prequels. Uh, those were no, horrid. That was the, and some no of the worst no directing it's and be story done, writing. Yeah, yeah, the story writing, the dialogue, the acting. It was, it was the. It was the perfect trilogy of terrible Shit. movie making.
1: Fucking horrible crap.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I, I think there's no way it could be worse. And, you know, be quite honest, they make five, six, seven films. Probably me a couple of good ones in there.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, they'll bring in, you know, Disney knows what the fuck it's doing. It's yeah. uh, so.
0: I mean, I'm sure the uh, the uh, the uh, sequels where everybody's together would be pretty milk toasty. But I think some of the individual ones, there might be a couple of gems in there. Oh, yeah. Like maybe a Han Solo one. It's got some possibilities.
1: I'm kind of psyched, to be honest. I'm a little psyched for this whole game. And if it's uh, a
0: bad one, I just won't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not that big of a deal.
1: All right. So uh, next week's film, I uh, know a little little, little about- um, Well, I've
0: been wanting to do uh, a Peter Sellers movie for quite a while. And, you know, you always think about Peter Sellers, you think of- uh, Pink uh, Panther. Pink Panther or Dr. Strangelove. But, you know, looking around, it said- you know, probably his best performance of all his great performances are in uh, Hal uh, Ashby's um, "Being There," where he plays a sort of an idiot savant or just an idiot named Chauncey.
1: Yeah, it's and, it's kind of a what, uh, sort of a, a Forrest Gump type of story, but a little not bit, as stupid. But, or but a little
0: more with a little more of the dark humor sensibility. Uh, okay. It's supposed to be a really good film. I haven't seen it. I uh, I I grabbed it on DVD and looked it briefly but i haven't sat down and watched it so okay supposed i to be haven't pretty seen good. It. so so if you haven't seen it i it's just watching it. it's supposed to be a really great performance by one of the best uh actors of the 20th century wow the best huh i thought lots of uh, people say okay well, i'm not terribly familiar with him this is one of those either. things i've missed
1: i just you am know? familiar with the pink panther stuff and uh dr strangelove but mm. uh, i wasn't aware of his um this isn't a drama, is it? Is it's more of a...
0: It's a sort of a dark comedy. Ah, okay. All right. A little acidic.
1: Yeah, well, the uh, the original novel, The Novelist, is controversial. And I forget his name. Oh, really? Name, but he's, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not aware of that story. I think he's Polish a Gypsy Descent, or Roma, Roma Descent. And he wrote a book I read called The Painted Bird, which uh, is a tough read. It's a uh, Holocaust-era um you know superstitious polish villagers and
0: uh oh i've heard about that
1: that's uh, fucking crazy they
0: made a movie of it didn't they
1: oh god i don't see how you could make a movie of that and uh, you'd go like it 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 just uh it's well and then it uh hmm. it, it it was extremely controversial and uh i think the polish government at one time uh I don't know whatever the, the Polish government version of a fatwa or a, a, oh. is on the, the dude. Yeah, so it was definitely regarded with uh, much. Uh, what's the right word? Uh, contempt. Yeah, by by the Polish people. Well, I'll have to look into it in a little bit.
0: Okay, until next week. I'm warning you to watch your comments. Our country is a peace-loving democracy.
1: 自分の名前も知らねえ野郎が偉そうなこと抜かすなバカ。